One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Breaking news. I want to sound like Wolf Blitzer every now and then. The Bucks offensive line, not as injured as you once thought. That was the takeaway from Todd Bowles. Trending in the right direction. That would be center Robert Hainsey, guard Nick Leverett, and tackle Tristan Wirfs. All out there in the walkthrough slash unpadded practice. All expected at this time to be ready for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football, September 11th. So that's good news. Um, now, great news. Fair to question whether you're confident, even if they're healthy. <laughs> um, that's that's a separate story. But um, as far as the injuries go, because you know it, it, it was getting pretty dark and cloudy over there in Indianapolis, even with the roof open, when you know Nick Leverett ends up falling on Robert Hainsey's ankle and he has to limp off, and then later Hainsey or uh, Leverett hits hurts his shoulder. So you're like, okay, so you don't have your starting center and Ryan Jensen, who, by the way, was officially moved to the injured list. Still don't know what his injury is. Somebody asked me, they go, what's his exact injury? I go, knee. I have no idea. And they won't tell us because they're waiting for the swelling to go down. Has anybody had a more swollen knee than four weeks after they injured it? They still can't determine what is wrong with it? If your knee is still swollen after four weeks, how can you say there's a chance he's coming back? Good point. I mean, yet or furthermore, like if it's so swollen that you still don't know what's wrong with it, like that's really swollen. Like, put some ice on that thing, man. Um, so that's that situation, and and of course, you know, they're they they kept them on the fifty three man roster, then moved them over there. You know, after after the next day, you have to be on the fifty three so that you're eligible to be recalled. Although. When he would be recalled. You know, nobody knows. I mean, that could be December. That could be January. He could be in the playoffs. But maybe it's could a Vita Vea like situation. Vea. You know, come back for the conference championship. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't know, right? Like, mm-hmm. say you're going into the playoffs or you have a playoff game and you get your center hurt. And then, you know, serendipity approaches. And next thing you know, Ryan Jensen's ready to go the next week uh, in the NFC championship game. So, you know, you want to keep your options open. So that's what they've done. Although I, I suspect the injury is pretty damn serious. I don't expect to see him before the end of the year at any rate. Um, but, you know, in as much uh, Tristan Wirth says that, you know, he, he feels pretty good and, and they didn't want to obviously press him. He got hurt in the one-on-one drills, um, you know, with the oblique strain, but he seems to be all right. Talk to him out there. Um, what else do we have as far as news goes? Oh, Logan Ryan officially re-signed to the team. That was procedural. They cut Logan Ryan so that they could keep Ryan Jensen, story of the Ryans, Ryan Jensen on, on the active roster for one day. And then when Jensen moved to the IR, then, of course, they re-signed Logan Ryan, who um, was at the was at the was uh, one of the shelters at Hillsborough. I was going to say, pretty good indication he was coming back when on the off day he's uh, at the Humane Society. Humane Society, that was it, yeah. With uh, some friends. Yeah, my friends. Tom Brady and his two <laughs> kids, or two of his children, Ben and... and um, Vivi. Yeah, that was a pretty and good so, indication he was coming back. Yeah, you think? <laughs> um, here's Tom Brady with the latest cut player. 
Yeah, and he's, he's definitely going to be back. And they're friends and all that stuff. So it was procedural, and they were able to do it with him, and, and I'm sure he was fine with it. Um, got his day off, so to speak. But uh won't be long. The Bucks are off today and for the weekend, really, and then go back to work, I think, on Monday. Um, and then it'll be, you know, kind of a normal practice week. Um, they've, they've had some bonus days, so they're a little bit ahead as far as the Dallas game goes. Boy, Dallas has some injuries, man. This game is going to be really interesting. It's going to be a tale of the offensive lines, I think. You know, the Bucks beat up without Ryan Jensen, but they got their guys. I think these are the guys that we're always going to play. I think Luke, Luke Gedeke and also, uh, you know, the only change is Robert Hainsey because of, of Ryan going down. Um, everybody else is, is who they plan on playing, you know. And Shaq Mason's going to be a guard, and you got your two tackles, and, you know, and away you go. So, um, on the other side, Dallas is, you know, missing a left tackle. I, and, and both defenses, I think, are good enough up front to cause problems for the other team. So unlike when they played a year ago, which was kind of a, as I recall, kind of a free-flying, high-flying affair, um, Dak Prescott, I think, threw for 400, and Tom did about the same, and, and it came down to a last-second field goal. I don't think this game's going to be as wide open. I could Now I could be dead wrong. Um, the other thing is that... Uh, you know, the Bucks have all the receivers. We'll see what Chris Godwin's situation is. But uh, it looks like they're going to have Russell Gage back, which is which is good for them. And, of course, Mike Evans and Julio Jones. So that's a good place to start. You still have Scotty Miller. You still have Brashard Perriman. You still have Jalen Darden, who's going to be active because he's the return guy. So they're in good shape as far as receiver goes going into this game. Somebody was asking me on Twitter. I get annoyed sometimes, and I should just ignore people, but I don't, about – I don't understand how, why, um, you know, how is how is Chris Godwin going to play if he, if he hasn't been hit, you know, if he hasn't been cleared for contact. And it's a fair question, but all I can say is, like, he's doing everything but, okay? And really, once the – even in training camp, unless you're doing – sometimes it happens accidentally in these uh, controlled scrimmage, but certainly mostly in the preseason games – Unless you're playing a game, you know, you never really try to tackle a guy to the ground, right, in in training camp. And so there wouldn't be a scenario where you would say, okay, Chris, let's go. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hit you below the waist. You know what I'm saying? So there would never be that situation. And so I just think that, you know, for people to try to, to, try to want, like, how's he going to play? Well, he... It doesn't matter. Like, you wouldn't ever go out there and, and risk an injury in, in preseason. So if he's going to play, it's going to count. And it's, it's going to happen organically. You know, you don't want to force it. Like, will it be in his mind? Yes. Until he gets hit below, below the waist or maybe even, you know, around the knees, um, he's going to have this, you know, sort of trepidation in him. And then as soon as it happens one time, he's, if he gets up, and he, and he hopefully will, um, he'll be less worried about it. He'll be like, okay, I'm good. But that's going to happen organically. You're not going to simulate that in practice. You're certainly not going to crack him across the legs. And it's just funny to me, like people think, well, if he hasn't been cleared for contact, well, what contact are we talking about? I mean, training camp's over, preseason's over. So the only contact he's going to get is in a game. Now, the question is, is it week one or week three or week 10? Doesn't seem to matter. Whenever you put him out there, he's got to get hit. Same thing has to happen. 
right? So if, if he if he's not a risk to himself, in other words, if he can protect himself by cutting, um, by putting his foot in the ground and, and moving and, and doing all the things he needs to do once he catches the ball, because you don't want him defenseless out there, then then he should be able to go. And I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to go this first game because I, I don't know how he feels. You know, that's one thing that, you know, we don't get to talk to Chris because he's still kind of in that injury mode. But, you know, if he feels good, if there's no issues in terms of pain after he works out, after he practices, I don't know what would stop him from playing. I said it was 55-45 simply because we're still a week from the game. But would it surprise me if he plays against Dallas? No. And if he doesn't play against Dallas, then he's going to play at 1 o'clock in New Orleans the next week? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, you got you got Dallas, New Orleans. Your home opener is against Green Bay, and then you play Kansas City. So it's not, you know, if you're waiting for a cupcake, uh, that doesn't that's not coming. Um, you know, at least till sometime in November or, or later. So I, I, I just don't, I just don't know what else he has to do. You know, and, and again, I'm not in you know the. Uh, with the trainers, I don't know what the evaluation is of his knee and where he's at right now, but I know he's done everything he can do to this point. And it seems like he's doing every football activity except contact. And he's not going to get it in practice. And he's not going to get it, um, you know, any other way except to play. So that's kind of what we're waiting for. We're going to get to your mailbag questions here coming up. We've got tons of them. We will answer them all 100% correctly, your money back. But first... If your electric bill is going up like mine because these ACs are running all the time, I got a solution for you, May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. Now, you have this field. There's a ton of these fly-by-night companies, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship. They have a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May way. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products and it conducts on-site testing. You can see what they will install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long and preserve your quality of life and preserve your appliances as well. May Electric Solar, 727 819 2862. All right, we got a mailbag segment going. Let's get started. All right, we'll start with uh, a couple uh, logistical questions here. We'll start with Casey. When the NFL teams waive an injured player and reach a settlement with that player, does that money count against the salary cap? Also, when a team claims a player off waiver successfully, does it have to be predetermined which player will be dropped? Well, you have you have to have the roster spot available in order to claim a player. Um, so somebody has to go. I think what he's uh, no, saying is, have, is when it doesn't you, have to be predetermined. Yeah, when you make a waiver claim, you put it in. You're not guaranteed to get it. Do you have to That's tell correct. them at and when that you, time when you're, when you're awarded dropping? the player? There's a corresponding move. Basically, but do you have to do you have to say who the player you're dropping is when you put the waiver claim? No, what he's asking. No, you do not. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what he was asking. Yeah, no, you do not. As far as the other stuff, yes, everything goes against the salary cap, and therefore, when they have. Uh, budget their 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 cap space they include in their things like injured reserve waiver claims different stuff like that um practice squad all that's under the salary cap and some guys make more money than others on the practice squad based on years of service etc 
So it's it's not as you know significant as say you know what they're paying Mike Evans um, and you know the kind of space you have to have to keep for that. But you do have to set aside monies uh, for all those things, and um, and Mike Ringberg does a great job of that. So uh, when you see some salary cap space and you go, well, they got enough money to sign. Of course, it's an accounting principle. One day we'll have Mike on and let him try to confuse us and explain it. But um, they they do have that cap space on hand for those kinds of moves. All right, Ryan had tweeted. He said, if you have a contract with the Buccaneers and are cut, but then signed to the practice squad. Do you still get your original contract money or only practice squad money? Also, does a guaranteed yeah. or non-guaranteed contract make a difference? And then you already mentioned the salary cap. The 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 uh, practice squad players do impact the salary cap. Yeah, and you know, with 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 some players that get cut, um, you know, particularly guys that are going back in the practice squads. A lot of times, they were undrafted players. Now, in order to get them to sign. You know, some people offer them more money than others in terms of guaranteed money. And so they might throw in a signing bonus for an undrafted guy who is trying to choose between Tampa Bay and, say, New Orleans, right? And there might be a bit of a bidding award. Maybe they get twenty grand, thirty grand, or something like that to come to a team. Now, they keep that money. Um, but you don't earn your salary until you're on the club's roster, the, like the – so many days before the game, right? If it's a Sunday game, like you're on the roster Wednesday, you're getting paid. Okay. Um, if you're a vested player, if you've got four years or more and you're on the roster that first week, week one, come Wednesday, if you're playing on Sunday, your salary is guaranteed throughout the year. So, you know, even if, even if it's not written that way in the contract, Vested veterans contracts are guaranteed. You have to pay them the whole salary. So that's why you'll see some teams will release a veteran for the for week one and sign them back in week two. It's kind of a dicey thing to do to the guys, but they do it. Um, so this question was about, are they given their contract that they would have originally on the practice squad? No, they are not. And, and I could give you the breakdown of the practice squad money. I would just say this. Even rookies can make around two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year if they were on the practice squad all season. So it's not chump change. Um, it goes up from there. So, you know, based on years of service and things like that. So it, it's not what they would make as a rostered player, but then they have a chance, you know, to be activated. And then if they are moved up from the practice squad for a regular season game, they get what their contract would pay them. And usually, you know, when if they were a drafted player, because you don't release many drafted players and sign them back, if it was a drafted player, they, they may have had a signing bonus or guaranteed money when they, when they joined the team. Um, you know, but m- most salaries, especially for rookies, have rookie minimums. And so whatever the rookie minimum is that year, you divide it by 17, that's what you're making per week. Um, and you're only guaranteed that week. You know, they could cut you right after the game. You're back in the practice squad. You have an entirely different wage. This goes on back and forth and seesaw. So you definitely want to be on the, on the roster, the 53, anytime because you're going to make more money. Um, but, sorry, you know, the rookie rookie cap is, is pretty good. The rookie money is pretty good these days. And they have a 16-player um, team, and it's not restricted. It used to be restricted to guys that had, you know, X number of years of service or less. 
and now you can have you can have actual um, veteran players there. That's why a guy like Ryan Griffin, who has actually been in the NFL like nine years or ten years, can still be on the practice squad and is for the Bucks, and he's probably making the maximum money because of his length of service. So if any of that made sense, uh, don't call me, call Steve. But <laughs> I, I think, you know, that's my capology for the day. We're going to keep it simple here. No, you don't get your money um, if you go on the practice squad that you that you signed for coming out. You do get, get to keep whatever guaranteed money there was or signing bonus money there was. And you kind of go from there. It's a week-to-week deal. All right, Harmony had tweeted us. Says, why is Jalen Darden still on the Bucks roster and Tyler Johnson is not? Seeing how Darden contributes zero productivity as a punt returner, kick returner, or wide receiver. Well, look, I, if you want to stand up there like Todd Bowles did the other day and tell me that Tyler Johnson doesn't play teams and that's why he's not here, I'll buy it because he doesn't play teams. Okay, that's a fact. All right. Um, however, Darden hasn't been affected. I I would say this though. Rashard Perriman doesn't play teams either. I mean, he's been in the league I don't know how long, and if he has a dozen special team snaps, I would be shocked, okay? So you can't say, well, we cut Tyler Johnson because he doesn't play special teams and then keep Rashard Perriman because he doesn't play special teams, right? So really, it's not Darden for, you know, uh, Johnson. It's, it's really Perriman for Johnson, in my opinion. And, you know, Perriman's a bigger body, Made some plays, uh, had a walk off against Buffalo. He was hurt in training camp the whole the whole time, essentially. So I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's that was the split, right? Because don't sell me it's because he didn't play special teams, because you got a guy that doesn't play special teams, right? And maybe you think that you can make him into one, but why? why at this point in his career, why would he, if he was any good, he would have been doing it. Everybody's looking for gunners. If you and that's the thing, it's really hard to get a helmet. I mean. Okay, so let's assume that Godwin's healthy, the top four are playing, right? Your fifth guy has to be your return guy. So that's Darden, right? So are you going to have six receivers up? If you are, you would think that it's probably going to be Miller because Miller can at least play a gunner position or return punts or kickoffs if Darden were to get hurt. But I don't think there's going to be many games where they have six receivers. So it's probably going to take an injury to get guys like Miller and or, or, and or Perriman um, on the field. Now, maybe that's week one if Godwin isn't playing. Um, but, yeah, that, that whole business that, that Bulls threw out there the other day about, well, Tyler didn't play, can't play teams, can't play teams. Yeah, neither does Richard. okay? So don't, don't throw me that. Um, yeah, Darden can, Miller can, everybody else on there. You know, obviously Mike, Mike Evans has never played teams. You're not going to play Julio Jones on teams. You're not going to play Russell Gage on teams. So, you know, your top four guys aren't playing either. But that's the thing. You have to have guys that, if they're up, they've got to have a role on Sunday. They can't just stand there and wait for somebody to get hurt. All right. Oso tweeted us. He says, how many touches do you think Rashad White gets a week? Is Tom Brady comfortable with him in pass protection? Well, I would say probably not because he hasn't been out there with him. And if he has, I missed it. Um, I I think I've seen him in practice maybe a few times, in, maybe even in some blitz periods. But um, I I think it's going to grow as the year goes on. In other words, you know, obviously Brady has a lot of trust in Leonard Fournette, a lot of trust, both in pass protection, route running, um, 
well, not so much route running. He doesn't run a lot of routes. He gets out in the flat and he runs screens and things like that. But he trusts his hands and, you know, he's comfortable. Sometimes things will break down. Those guys will both make football plays and they, they read each other on the fly because, you know, no, nothing's perfect out there. So by the same token, I mean, I, I think the league is such that you can't really get by with one running back. And even Fournette wore down last year because Ronald Jones wasn't playing. I think that affected him. That's why he missed the last three games. So to me, they've been really impressed with uh, with White. Um, he's done a nice job assignment-wise, and that's sometimes the hardest thing, right, because they're not asked to block at Arizona State. You're the man, right? You're not, we're not going to keep you in to block. So he's willing. He's a big body. He, he, he knows who to block. And so those are, that's where you start. And then beside from that, where you're going to see him, I think, is on third down, and, and that puts him in a pass protection mode sometimes. But sometimes they're going to split him out and let him do what he does best, which is run routes. You know, the guy can win uh, against a safety or a linebacker, and he's got tremendous hands. So if him and Tom see the same coverage and, you know, if it's inside leverage, he cuts outside and vice versa, um, I think Tom's going to really like this guy. But he hasn't played with him. So it's going to take time and – It'll be interesting. I mean, you know, he's got experience with Keyshawn Vaughn. He's got experience with Giovanni Bernard, who also was on the field, by the way, back after he missed all of the training camp and preseason pretty much. So he's another option, you know. But I I saw enough of White, and I think the, the coaches did too, and Brady's going to have to trust that if they put him out there, he knows what he's doing. I mean, that's all Brady's going to say. He's like, this guy know what he's doing? And the minute he doesn't, it's going to be a problem. Um but I think he does. I think he's he's a smart guy who's picked it up. And and even I talked to Leonard Fournette the other day and you know, even he said, um, look, I you know, this league you can't you know, in Jacksonville he was that guy, but he's like, You can't get by with just one back in this league anymore. You know, like it's it's too physical, it's too much of a toll on your body. And now it's seventeen weeks in the regular season. So it would behoove the Bucks and Leonard Fournette to try to get someone else involved, and that's why they drafted this guy. I mean, he's been impressive. And I, you know, if I was just naked eye test, right, and I know Herm Edwards a little bit who coached him, um, I would be pretty confident that, that we're going to be talking about White, um, you know, a lot this season. And, again, the type of guy that Brady has thrived with, right, in New England, all those running backs – that he's had in the past that he could throw the ball to. This is another guy, and he hasn't had that guy. I know Lenny caught a lot of balls, but he caught screens. He caught balls in the flat. This dude, you can split him out wide. <clears throat> he's going to win an option route, and you keep the chains moving. And I think Brady's going to love him in time. But we'll see. He's got to build that trust. It won't be week one the way it'll be or should be in week 17. Michael tweeted us, so do the Bucks feel confident that they will have improved special teams play this season? I don't know how they could. Um, I didn't see anything in training camp that would lead me to believe that they're better on special teams. And with all due respect to Keith Armstrong, who's done it a, a long time, and I love Keith Armstrong as a coach and as a person. Um, but I didn't see him cover kicks. I sure as hell didn't see him return any kicks, including Darden. Um, you know, if you want to say Ryan Suckup is consistent, I'll give you that. He didn't miss kicks, you know, in practice or in a game the way Jose Borgales did. 
he doesn't have much range, but he did make a 50-yarder, which made them feel pretty good about themselves, I guess, in training camp in a preseason game because he didn't make any 50-yarders a year ago. Um, I think they're better punting the ball. I think uh, Jake Camarda is, is a weapon. He's going to be inconsistent uh, at times. He's not going to, you know, I mean, when he gets into it now, you know, the hang time is like five and a half, six seconds, and, and the damn thing can go 65, 70 yards. I mean, he's got an unbelievable leg. Um, but can you, can you kick your team out of trouble out of the end zone when you need to? Can you sit it inside the 20 when you need to? Um, you know, when they need a punt, is he going to deliver? That's, you don't know. Uh, he has all the talent in the world, and he did it at Georgia. Or did it at Georgia. He was very good. So I think they're okay there. Pinion had a terrible year a year ago, um, and that's why he's not here. So they probably improved a little bit in the punting situation. But again, unproven. We don't know. But, you know, last year you had Grant Stewart led this team in special team tackles. He's gone. Got traded to Indianapolis. Um, you know, Joe Tryon Shoinka ran down, covered a lot of kicks. He's not going to be doing that because he's a starting outside linebacker, you know? So you, your, your back half of your roster, the guys you drafted and right now Zion McCallum's hurt and he was, he was going to be a big special teams player for them because he's got ridiculous speed and, and range and he can run down and tackle. Um, I'm, I'm, a little nerve. I would, if I were a Bucks fan, I would be nervous about their special teams simply because I haven't seen them improve. You know, and again, they played a lot of guys. They were trying to find somebody that could do it, trying to find a gunner, trying to find, you know, somebody to run down there. You got KJ Britt, okay? He'll do it. You've got certain guys that are backups. Um, you know, look, Jamal Dean or Sean Murphy Bunting, somebody who's not starting is going to have to play special teams, run down there, make a tackle. Same with the safeties, right? Logan Ryan or. Mike Edwards or whoever it is, but I just haven't seen it. And I haven't seen it for a couple years now. And usually your defensive coaches keep more defensive players for that purpose. You know, your offensive coach is like, I don't want to cut a running back. I don't want to cut a receiver. I don't want to cut a tight end. Well, you know, they went, I think they're, I I haven't done the math, but I think there's more offensive players than defensive players. I'm not sure about that. I have to check, Um, you know, but who that guy's going to be this year, couldn't tell you, you know. I mean, Patrick O'Connor's been a good special team. So, I mean, there's certain guys that are still on this roster, you know, uh, Zach Triner, um, you know, the, the long snapper. I mean, there's guys that can do it, but not enough of them. And I didn't see it. So, I, that's one area where you could lose a ball game or two, you know. Special teams, usually every year, your defense is going to win you a ball game. Your offense – should win you several with Tom Brady and then you should win one on special teams but you can also lose one that way as well and right now you know Ryan suck up which is you know okay from 45 in not so good from 50 um 81 percent a year ago had a good had a good off season maybe he's healthier now but not you know very middling in my opinion kicker in this league you know top 15 maybe i mean consistently over his career but not not of late so i don't know i I don't i don't think they're good on teams that's just my opinion but we'll see if they prove me wrong all right ellis tweeted thoughts on vita vea chip tooth and all being left off the nfl's top 100 (laughs) 
Ridiculous. Let's play with a chip tooth. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Everybody recognizes him. Everybody that plays the Bucks looks at the tape and they go, oh my God, how in the hell are we going to stop this rolling Winnebago here? And the only way they can do it is they gotta they got to put two guys on him. I mean, they do. Like, you, you have to have two blockers on Vita Bay. You cannot block him with one person. If you try, he's going to be in your quarterback's lap, period. He, he can push any one person backwards. So, he draws the double teams. Well, that, what does that do? Well, then Akeem Hicks has got one-on-ones the way Indomitian Sue had. Um, or, or Logan Hall or Will Golston, whatever. So, I don't understand how Vita Vea now – you know, a couple of years ago, obviously he missed a balance of the season. He was injured, but he came back and made all the difference in the playoff game. I would just say this. The Bucks don't beat Green Bay and go to the Super Bowl without Vita Vea, who had been out since he broke his leg against Chicago and about middle of the season. And he comes back for the championship game, plays 33 snaps, all on defense, all on pass downs, okay? And the Bucks end up with five sacks all from Shaq Barrett and JPP. Three from Shaq Barrett, two from JPP. Because they got one-on-ones all day because Vita Vea was pushing the hell out of the pocket. And they could not contain him without double-teaming. And those guys got one-on-ones. And whoever got the one-on-one, they, they won. And they sacked Aaron Rodgers five times. So that alone should have garnered him top 100. You know, and again, I haven't gone through the entire list of the 100, 100 players. He's got to be one of them, in my opinion. It's got to be. All right, Bucks twenty twenty two tweeted: How long will Mike Evans stay with the Buccaneers? Well, I'm not looking at his contract now. I want to say that he has uh, this year and maybe next year, but it, this could be the last year. It's a great question. It'll be a hard decision. Um, but Mike is incredibly consistent, been pretty durable as a player. Um, I mean, you know, come on, eight 1,000-yard seasons to start a career, never been done before, right? He does have one more year on his contract. He's got one more year after this year? Correct. So he will have been, he'll been, played 10 years at that point. I don't know what you can pay a 10-year receiver. I don't, you know, uh, there's there's obviously an emotional attachment to him. If he's still spitting out thousand yard seasons, guess what? Maybe he ends his career in Tampa. Um, but Chris Godwin is now getting paid. You know, there's there's not another guy right that they've drafted. But in the next year or two, they probably need to find you know if not a one A number one receiver a one A to go with Godwin who signed for three years. Um, so Chris will have just a year left on his contract when Mike is done. So it'll be, you know, that's, that's one you don't make until, until, right. Well, when Mike you, would you probably see, have to restructure his contract next year. Cause his cap hit is 20, almost 24 million. It's year. almost 24 million. Yeah. But that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that he'll get an mm-hmm. extension. You know, he could just push money to avoidable years. That's what I said. It'll restructure something or cause there's, yeah. he's got some money already pushed a future years after that. But yeah, he's given them, he's given them salary cap room, I think for the last three years mm-hmm. um, to sign players. I mean, Mike will do anything. And I don't think I, I can't imagine a scenario where Mike would want to play for somebody else. Um, 
But look, 10 years in the NFL as anything, much less a wide receiver in this league, is incredible, right? I mean, he's putting together a Hall of Fame resume. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those legacy receivers don't play for other teams, you know? Marvin Harrison didn't. Um, you know, you can go down the line. A lot of guys finish their careers. You know, Jerry Rice, though. You he know, played for another team. Played for a couple other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to he went to the Raiders and was in a Super Bowl. Then he was he was with Denver and Seattle before he he was cut finally or decided not to play anymore at twenty years in the league. So, I know Mike is taking better care of himself. I know his goal is to exceed this contract and get another one. But if he's not feeling good, if 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 injuries start to creep up, he won't play. Like he's got kids. He he's really smart guy. Made plenty of money, wants to do good with it, beautiful wife. Like, I don't see Mike just hanging on, you know, just because he's Mike Evans. There are, there are people like that. Um, I don't know that Mike is like that. I think if Mike starts to have injuries and he can't get through, you know, the balance of 16, 17 games, I, I think that might change his perspective because, you know, look, more and more today, the money is so big. And, and we talked about this when Marpet retired that guys are really smart and they want to live healthy lives. I mean, this CTE stuff scares the crap out of them. I can tell you that right now. Not many players will do what Allie did, but they're all thinking about it. They are. They all all think the same way. Like, boy, I'd love to live a healthy life. I'd I'd love to be able to enjoy, you know, uh, my years with my wife and kids. I mean, it's scary. And... They can try to take the you know the head out of the game and you know and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, you know there's too many of these guys that they see, um, and 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 they worry about it. So the money's so big, I don't think your, the careers are going to be as long as they used to be, but um, we'll see. And you know, if you're a wide receiver taking shots across the middle, and you know, um, make you wonder about it. You know, when you when you made that kind of money, but I I I would say that Michael played ten years, and after that, I I don't think he plays for anybody else. But we'll see what like just where is he right? Mm-hmm. Does he have ten one thousand yard seasons? My goodness, if he does that, it's it, you know the the mark used to be ten thousand yards, and you're in the you're in the Hall of Fame. It's a little more than that now, but um, still, that's a huge number. That's a really big number. All right, Luis tweeted us. Said rewatching the Bucks hard knocks from 2017, and I'm yeah. floored on the fact that most of this team isn't here anymore, or that those players no longer are in the league. For a throwback, what are your thoughts on that team? <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was dysfunctional. <laughs> it was uh, some really weird guys, um, guys at the end of their careers, some prima donnas. I mean, guys like Deshaun Jackson, for example. Um, they were coming off nine and seven under Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter in his second year went nine and seven. They missed the playoffs. Doug Martin got suspended. If you remember, didn't play against New Orleans at the end of the year. They needed to beat the Saints to get in. They didn't. Final week of the season, and they were fi- they were full of themselves when they came back the next year. And Jameis Winston thought he had figured it out. The, the Bucks were really happy with him. They brought in, you know guys like Deshaun Jackson who still had a lot left in the tank but I, I think for Deshaun it was a little like 
Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. was like, okay, I got to feed this guy. You know what I mean? And at the time, I mean, Winston just didn't throw a good, accurate deep ball. And, you know, so there was just a lot of, I don't know, there's some me guys on that team. You know, who I can't remember the, his first name. Who's the guy? Baker. He was Chris a, Baker. Chris Baker, defensive uh, lineman. He was kind of a clown, you know, didn't fit in with the other guys. Um, and it was it wasn't that talented of a team, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, they were they were only a few years removed from being the worst team, and of course, Lovey got fired after a couple of years. Dirk took over, had had some success, but then the wheels came off. And but you put those guys on hard knocks when they thought they had it figured out. You remember that awful like they're getting ready to play Cincinnati. And Fitz was on that team, too. And Fitz was kind of the clubhouse lawyer, right? Uh, and they're playing Cincinnati, and they come out of the tunnel. And this, the, when, you, when you come out of the tunnel for warm-ups, it's the centers and the quarterbacks. Remember that rhyme? Like, it's the longest rhyme in the world, and Jameis is like, okay, okay, I got one. I got one. Okay, here we go. Before we go out, let's get together. One, two, three to the foe. The quarterbacks and centers are going out the door. And it just kept going, right? And so they went and they warmed up. And they came back in the locker room and they got Fitz and they got Winston sitting there talking next to each other in the locker room at the bench. He goes, hey, man. Fitz goes, hey, man. I liked your poem. He goes, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit too long, man. Just, just, just a little too long. <laughs> and it was, too. It went on for like a minute. Um, but that's the kind of, you know, there was, there was a lot of clowning that goes or that went around, you know, they went to Jacksonville, they were clowning on Jacksonville. Jacksonville wound up having a better year than they did. Um, yeah. It, anytime those cameras are on, man, it's tough for those guys. It's tough not to play to that camera. You just know they're there and they staged some stuff too. Like they set up interviews. They, you know, they, you know, they got you mic'd up kind of all that stuff. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, we'll switch to baseball here. And Craig had tweeted us. He says, now that Shane McClanahan is hurt, full panic now? Is Tampa Bay good times over with all the injuries now to the teams in Tampa Bay? As long as Tom Brady is here, it's Tampa Bay. Just don't say anything else. Seriously. I don't know about the Rays. I don't. I'm, I mean, they say McClanahan has got the best news possible. Mm-hmm. You know, just take a shot and see me in two weeks and you should be good to go. If that's it, if that's all it is, then they've, they've really mm-hmm. dodged kind of a bullet. But but how about the Rays? And we were talking about this before the podcast. Oh, it's unbelievable. The Yankees come to town tonight. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You are six games behind <laughs> the Yankees on September 1st, now 2nd. Both teams had September 1st off. 
Yeah. Six games behind them. Five games behind in the loss column. And you have six games left with them this season. It's unbelievable. I mean, and the Yankees are playing I, like 385 baseball since the All-Star break. Yeah, they can't sniff 500. That's the thing. If they'd have played 500 baseball after the All-Star break, they'd be winning by 15 games. They've been awful. And the Rays have done enough to get back in it. And they are really in it. And that's just the remarkable thing, with or without McClanahan. I think it's going to be tough without McClanahan. And they've pitched really well against the Yankees this year. And the Yankees are starting, you know, their injuries are starting to pop up. Mm-hmm. Everybody but Aaron Judge, who's got, what, now 50, 51 home runs, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they... It, it's it, funny, because I've been talking to Neil Solons a lot. Right. And, you know, about, hey, the Rays have a shot at this division. He kept saying, unless it's five games on September 1st, they don't have a shot. And yeah, well, here we are. Well, it's six, but you're only five, five the behind in the loss column. So, Is that close enough for Neil? Uh, we'll see. I haven't seen him in a couple days, but yeah, it, it, I mean, you're there. You're there. You, I mean, you, you control got, your own destiny. You got to win all those games. Yeah. But, but I mean, if Yankees, you know, even if the Yankees just play 500 ball the rest of the way, you can, you have a good shot sure and, and they're not playing 500 baseball right now. No, no, it's a, it's a, a cataclysmic collapse actually by them, given how far they were in the front and injuries have played a role. You know, they, they were they were just healthy. They were putting out the same lineup every single day, and they were bashing people, just bashing them. You know, Judge got off to a great start. start. Stanton was healthy. I mean, all those guys were playing. LeMahieu, they got nicked up. Now they got some pitching uh, nicked up as well. So bad vibes, man. Aaron Boone, you know, slamming tables and stuff. Not scoring any runs. And um, Yeah, but they're savages. They'll be fine. They're <laughs> savages, yeah. But then... Kevin Cash has three guys down there, in the, or eight guys in the bullpen. They can throw 100, so watch out. All right, we'll end that, on this one. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that we're on the, the anniversary of that when he, when he had that speech. Remember That's that? true, yeah. All right, we'll end on this one from Vince. And he says, although I've learned to trust the Rays over the years, I can't help but wonder why paying Tyler Glass now $25 million for one more year on his contract is a good idea. I love the idea of keeping him but he would have brought in a lot of trade in the offseason or early 2023. Maybe we could have found or acquired a few players who could actually hit for power. I don't know about the player part. Um, he'd have had to get back on the mound to get that kind of value, I think, to show people that he's that he's back. And if he is back, why don't you want him? Well, you know what I mean? Like, Well, he's back next year for 5 to $6 million, which is the same, basically right. the same he made this year. Because so, you had, you so had one more year of arbitration well. eligibility next year. Yeah. You've signed him for his first year of free agency the year after for the mm-hmm. $25 million. Right. Look, is he a pitcher worth $25 million? He sure was before he got hurt. And your thought of pairing him and Shane McClanahan for the next two years to lead your rotation, if, if they're healthy... Tell me a better one-two punch in baseball. I don't think there is one. Lefty, righty, righty, both throwing 100. Yeah. Commanding multiple pitches in the zone. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I think the Rays are buying in that we know Tyler's work ethic. We see what his rehab's going. He's throwing well now. We'll see when he gets on a rehab assignment whether they can use him this postseason or late in September. Maybe it it doesn't work out for them. Who knows? 
And just because you signed him for that year doesn't mean you couldn't trade him. That's what I was going to say. Anyway. He's under contract, but right. But I, it's it's. I think the Rays have finally found two pitchers that they're going to be willing to invest in, and they're showing you that with Glass now. McClanahan's not at that stage yet because he hasn't been in the league long enough. Whether it works or not, well, time will tell. Your thoughts? Well, don't, don't you think, too, that there's a part of them are like, we brought this guy back. Like, he was he was their ace, right? Mm-hmm. And then he gets hurt. And then you go through the Tommy John. And, and it was your doctors. It was your trainers. It was your program. You, 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 you hung in there with him. You brought him back. You've been watching every bullpen, right? You've watched him progress to batting practice, live hitters, all that. And you see the stuff, right? It's all coming back, right? He's throwing hard. He's got, you know, his, his you know, throwing slide. Whatever he's doing, you're going, that's the Tyler Glass now. That's that, that guy, I know that guy. That guy is coming back. What would you then, what would make you then say, we don't need him? If you knew you could control him the next year for what, six or seven million, whatever it is. I just think it's, I just think it's, there might be some emotional attachment. It might just be smart. What would a pitcher like that cost you? You can't buy one on the open market for less than that. Well, think about this. So they essentially signed him two years for $30 million, approximately. So it's 15 a year. So Which, that's, well, that's Morton. That's what you, you know pay what Charlie I mean? Morton for the two years he yeah. was here. You pay him I mean, 15 million a year. If, if you can get 150 innings or 130 innings out of Tyler Glass now the next, each of the next two years, you know what I mean, and, and, and get Charlie Morton-type results, I mean, heck. That's that's what you pay free agent pitchers. Yep. So I mean, you so, know, that's the same deal they it's gave. A good more. way to look at it is mm-hmm. to divide that number into two. Yeah, I mean, so you you paying more cash the second year than the first year, right? And if you end up trading him, it means the other team either they pick you, it up. either you eat some of the salary and get better prospects, or they they take it back. But yeah, essentially, it's fifteen mil a year for the next two, which is what you paid Charlie Morton. Correct. And and do you think Charlie Glass now is as good or better than Charlie Morton yeah. at that point in his career? You'd hope so. I mean, if he comes back the way he was pitching before he got hurt, when he was having elbow problems and still pitching lights out. Yeah, right. You know, then right. you'd think he is better. And so if you've got him for 15 mil for the next two, it's not a bad deal. It's a really good deal, especially if McClanahan is with him. And, and like you said, I mean, the best, find me a better one-two combination, you know, in baseball, righty-lefty, um, to start – every series with i mean i just well and, and if that, you start going wander franco hopefully he's going to be healthy and keeps improving as a hitter in the majors you've got randy rosarina you've got manuel margot in center field you know you're starting to get some hitters too brendan lau as your second right. baseman you know, right um i i think mike zanino's probably back next year do you I, i'm guessing i think he wants to be back here so i think he'll mm-hmm. take a similar deal probably four million range Mm-hmm. I don't see why the the Rays wouldn't take that. Uh, now he could get an offer somewhere for eight or ten million and go. He's a free agent, right. but right, you know. And if he can find some home run power again, you know, that's a formidable lineup with two aces at the top of your rotation. Andrew right. Rasmussen's pitching well. Jeffrey Springs is pitching well. You hope Luis Patino can make that jump. He shows you flashes, but he's not consistent enough yet. And maybe they re-sign a veteran guy, or sign a veteran guy like Corey Kluber. Maybe not him, but someone like him. I mean, you know, 
this race team next year on paper right now looks better than this year's team. That's pretty scary. We'll see. I mean, you know, who knows what injuries and everything else will do and, and what moves they may make this offseason. Right. They're not scared to change up the roster. But you look at it and you go, huh, this team next year should be based particularly because of the amount of injuries they had this year. Right. Well, give me Wander Franco for a whole season, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, give me Brandon Lau for a whole season with Wander Franco. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, and and I like some of the guys they picked up. I, you know, Harold Ramirez has been fantastic. Yeah, I mean they've all done stuff. Isaac right? Paredes has been good. Yeah, you know, I, I still think a Rosarena can be better. I think absolutely he can. I think Jose Siri. Jose Siri is a five tool. If he ever figures it out, if he can just listen. he can bat what Kiermaier batted, with everything else he does. If he did all that all the time, he'd be Roberto Clemente. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. he's got five plus plus ability. You know, hit yep. hit with power. You know, the hit part is what really it's just down to that. Can you can you hit? Like, can you make solid contact a lot? Um, but when he does, he can hit with power. He can run. He can create problems on the bases for other teams um they're still confident josh Lowe's going to be good right right yeah they're not giving up on him he was on the opening day roster wasn't he yeah yeah that's why they traded austin meadows to make meadows yeah now he hasn't developed as quickly at the majors as they wanted this season but yeah you know you got curtis me down in the minors and yeah, I mean, the guys they've gotten to fill in and, and, you know, with all the injuries they've had to be in this position and still have a chance to win the American League East is ridiculous. It just it, And really, the pitching has carried them more than it ever has. And that's saying something, right? Like, when you, when you score, have the fewest home runs that, uh, that they have had in years, when you don't score very many runs and, and you're still only six games, five games in the lost column behind the Yankees after their start, that's really saying something about your pitching. It's been ridiculously good. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you get your guys back next year and, and Glasnow is dealing and McClanahan's dealing, shoot, I don't, I don't. There's not a team I don't think you could take down. Not even in the East, even though the East is getting much better. I mean, Baltimore's better, obviously. I don't think the Red Sox are going to be down for long. You know, um, Toronto's always going to be good. So, it's not it's never going to be an, an easy division. But you you can you can match up with anybody. Um, especially if you get a little bit of luck. They just didn't have any luck injury-wise this year. It's been bad. So thanks for all your questions. Uh, you can send us questions anytime. You don't have to wait for a mailbag. You can do that on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. The Bucks will be off this weekend. The Rays playing the Yankees, of course, at the Trop. So that'll be fun. And make sure, uh, if you uh, would, please check out May Electric Solar. If you are looking to uh, save some money on your electric bill, this is the way to go. They've been in business 12 years. Um, they're local. They have a 30-year labor and uh, service warranty, $750 worth of service protection. All of that, they use their own contractors. Give them a call for a free estimate. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.